Well, we're living in a time when there is little fear of the Lord. The Lord is no longer spoken of or spoken to with respect or honor. And as his people, we need to lead the way in seeing the fear of the Lord restored to daily life. We all know that talk is cheap. And in following Jesus, we can't just talk the talk. We got to walk the walk. We have to back it up by the way that we live our lives every day. We can't just give lip service to God. We have to serve him with a whole heart. Jesus said, Matthew 15, 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We understand that we have to honor the Lord from the heart, but we are to honor him with our lips. Also, our words are an expression of what is in our heart. Jesus was in no way saying that we should not honor him with our lips or honor him in our conversation. No, Matthew 12, 34, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, you need to understand that doesn't mean everything that comes out of your mouth necessarily came straight out of the heart, but it is out of the abundance of the heart. I tell you, what's in your heart in abundance, it's going to show up in your conversation. It's going to end up coming out of your mouth in your conversation. And you know what? If the Lord is really first in our life, if we really love the Lord with all our heart, if we are serving God with the whole heart, it's going to be coming out of our mouth. We're going to be talking about the Lord, lifting him up, giving honor to him. And listen, we're not going to be saying things that would dishonor the Lord. To honor means to regard or treat with admiration and respect. It is to give special recognition to, to confer or bestow honor upon. So one of the main ways that we show respect for others is the way that we talk to them and the way that we talk about them. In fact, if we're going to honor someone, much of the time it comes down to what we say to them and about them. See, we honor mothers on Mother's Day and we do special things for mothers and maybe we give them a gift. But most of the honor that we bestow upon mothers is the nice things that we say to them and about them. We talk about their sacrifice. We talk about how they love and we say to them how thankful we are for all of the things that they do every day. You see, we are honoring mothers in the way that we talk. And I want you to understand that it is the same way with the Lord. Yes, you got to honor God from the heart. you got to honor God in your daily obedience. But we also need to be honoring the Lord in our words. 
It is one of the most obvious ways that we honor the Lord. It is one of the ways that, you know, the world certainly can see your lifestyle and you should honor God in your lifestyle. But they also hear your words every day, all day. And we need to be honoring God, talking about Him, the way we speak of Him, but also honoring God in what we say to Him. In fact, I just want to get this out of the way. I hear preachers nowadays is saying things like, you know, if, if you're upset with the Lord, you just go ahead and tell him about it. Just let him have it. Now, I've, I've even heard people talk about implying that they use profanity in talking to the Lord. I want to tell you, you better speak to God with fear and reverence. And listen, that's what the Bible says. There is no scripture anywhere that, that you can talk to God like he's your buddy, like, you know, the man upstairs, you know, hey, I don't understand what you're doing. You better keep that to yourself. I'm telling, I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm just going to stick with my message tonight because I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear that. And if, if that's rubbing you the wrong way, well, you need to turn around. but he is worthy of our honor all day, every day. And one of the ways that we so honor him is with the words of our mouth. So we honor him with thanksgiving and praise. We were doing that earlier in this service, just lifting up praise to him. And when you do that from the heart, it honors the Lord. You know, when you give somebody a gift, and it's truly a gift, it's not something that they earned, but it's something that you're just giving to them, the normal response to that is, thank you, right? I mean, we teach our kids this. When somebody gives you something, you're supposed to say thank you. You know, it's like the man gave an orange to the little boy, and his mother said, what do you say to the man? And the little boy said, peel it. But no, we teach them to say thank you, right? And we just need to understand that it is a dishonor to that person. It's rude, but it's also a dishonor to that person. If somebody does something for you or gives you something, and you just refuse to say thank you. It dishonors them. It's, it's, it's showing disrespect to them. And you know what? So it is with the Lord. All that God does for us every day to not give him thanks and to not give him praise, it's disrespect. We honor the Lord by giving him thanks. And again, this is a way that we publicly honor God every day is by giving him thanks and praising him for all the things that he's done for us. The word of God tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And it so honors the Lord when we acknowledge that it is him who has blessed us. It, it, it honors him when we acknowledge that he is the giver of every good thing. See, I, I am thankful for my wife. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for this church. I don't take it for granted. It is a great blessing of the Lord to me. I thank God 
for all of his abundant provision in my life. See, we, every, every good thing comes down from the Father above. And we need to be careful to honor him by publicly giving him thanks. We're living in a, an ungrateful generation. In the last days, it'll be terrible times. People will be ungrateful. I believe we're living in that time. I don't think at any time in history people have been as ungrateful as they are today. And especially us in America who have so very much, and not just in material things, but in freedom and opportunity to worship. Just in many, many ways, we are rich beyond a measure. And yet so often people take it for granted. We need to be those who always give God thanks that's due him. It honors him when we do that. And when we complain, it is just the opposite. See, if we jump on that complaining bandwagon, and man, does everybody like to complain. When we jump on that bandwagon, let me tell you, when he is your shepherd, when he is your provider, your father, and you start complaining, it is as though you are saying that he doesn't do a good job. No, instead, in everything, we give thanks. We are not part of the complainers. We are not disrespecting him by acting like that he's not doing a good job. No, we are going to always be lifting him up and giving him thanks and honoring him. Hebrews 13, 15 says, he, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So we need to... Tell him. But we also need to tell those around us how awesome he is, how wonderful, how loving, how good, how kind, how merciful he is. We honor the Lord for all that he's done in our lives by giving him thanks and telling others what he's done. Psalm chapter 9, verse 1 and 2 says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. How we need to tell of all his marvelous works. Uh, you know, that's kind of flowery, religious sounding language, but we just need to be telling people about all the good things that God is doing. I mean, there's so much bad going on in this world we need to tell them about the good things that God is doing. Because there's a lot of good things going on. There's a lot of people whose lives have been changed. A lot of people have been healed, set free. Well, some of you here tonight, I hope, amen? amen. Yeah. I'm going to just kind of skip down through uh, Psalms 107, just a few verses here and there. But it's amazing if the Lord has saved you, set you free, healed you, satisfied your longing soul, I want to tell you, we need to give him thanks. This is what it says in verse 8 and 9. It says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Has he set anybody free from addiction? Amen. From sin, from depression, from oppression? 
Verse 15 and 16 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful work to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Has he healed you? You know, maybe he's healed your mind. Maybe he's healed uh, uh, your heart. Maybe he's uh, healed your wounded spirit. Verse 20 and 21 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Has he brought you through any storms? Verse 29 through 31 says, He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. He guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. Why does it say it over and over and over? Because sometimes we just don't get it the first time. And we need to hear that, that it's so important that we give thanks, that we tell others about the wonderful works of the Lord. We honor him by declaring that he is our savior, our healer, our deliverer, our closest friend, our redeemer, our provider, our father. That honors him. We honor the Lord with our words when we speak words of faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore speak. When we believe what God's word says, and we speak faith out of our mouth, that honors him. When we are talking doubt and fear and unbelief, that dishonors the Lord. It's as though we're saying that we can't trust him. Speaking doubt and unbelief, I'm telling you, it's more than a personal weakness. It's a sin. It is an affront to his person. It is an attack against his character. John the Baptist's parents were very old. They had never been able to have children. And his father, Zacharias, were serving as priests in the temple. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And this is what he said. It's Luke 1, 13. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Wow, what a great word. I mean, this is an awesome thing that this angel has just showed up and spoken to this priest in the temple. Powerful word, exciting word for a man who has never had a child. And now he's just been told by the angel of the Lord what an awesome thing God is going to do 
through his child. And Zacharias says to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Boy, that'll get you in trouble right there, won't it? But listen, it was in the attitude of his heart. You know, when you hear what Mary said to the angel when he told her that she was going to give birth, it seems kind of similar on the face of it. As she said, how can these things be? But she was asking how this could happen, how it was going to happen. Here, Zechariah, he's, he's not asking how this is going to happen. He's wanting proof. And we know that for sure by the response of the angel. But he says, how shall I know this? I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angels answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. He's getting straightened out here. And was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the angel tells him straight up, you didn't believe my words. He was speaking doubt out of his mouth. He just heard this great word from the Lord and he goes, he just turns right around and says, there's no way. How could this happen? You know, how can this be? Well, one thing's for sure. He didn't speak any more doubt until it had come to pass. And I got to tell you, I have learned the hard way many times that if you can't speak faith, if you can't speak, you know, something positive and encouraging and faith building, will it at least just keep your mouth shut? Just bite your tongue, keep your mouth shut, because nobody needs to hear unbelief. I mean, there's a lot of that, and there's plenty of that. It's everywhere. It's all around us every day. No, what we need to do is be speaking faith, because that honors God. You see, when we, when we don't believe what God says, we're bringing we're bringing a, a question, we're bringing a, an affront to his character. Right. We're, we're acting like, like he's like a man who can lie. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Right. It's impossible for God to lie. And so whatever he says, we believe it. We just accept his word as true. Right. You know, if you're around other people, none of us always agree. Maybe if you're married a long time, you get to the place where you agree on almost everything. But none of us always, always agrees. Because sometimes they might be wrong. But I want to tell you that God is never wrong. He's never been wrong. And so we should always agree with him. Whatever he says, we believe. 
Whatever he says, we choose to agree with it. We choose to believe what he says. Because if he says it, that makes it so. He calls those things that are not as though they were and they become. So if he says it, that makes it so. So we always agree with him. Now, I preach this verse a lot when I talk about the promises of God. It's 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for all of the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes. And in him, amen to the glory of God through us. Let me read it to you from the NIV. It's just a little clearer. It says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, the amen, that means we agree. See, a lot of people think amen just means you're done, right? You know, we're done praying, so we say amen. That means I'm through praying. No, amen means we agree. And so when the preacher's preaching and you say amen, that means you agree. Amen, all right. That's what that means. But get the last part of that also. It says the amen is spoken through us to the glory of God. See, when we agree with what God has said, it gives glory to God. See, when we take the promise of God and we, we stand on that promise, that honors the Lord. We honor God with our words when we keep our speech above reproach. How would we talk if Jesus came in our midst in a physical body? I want to tell you right now, there wouldn't be much talking. But we would also, if we were going to talk, most of us would probably be pretty careful about what we wanted to say. Why, why is it that just because we can't see him in a bodily form, people act like he's not here? That is amazing. Why would our conversation change just because we can see him with the natural eye? Does he not hear what we say in every moment, whether we can see him in front of us or not? We need to honor him always in how we talk. Listen, this has everything to do with the fear of the Lord. You see, this attitude that, well, you know, out of sight, out of mind. No, he's everywhere. He is right here, right now. He's with you on the ride home in the car. He's in your house. He's in your bedroom. He's in your workplace. He's with you when you're driving to work tomorrow. Everywhere you go, he's sitting right there. Whether you see him or not. And this has everything to do with the fear of the Lord. See, if we become aware of God everywhere... I'm telling you, we'll have that fear of the Lord. It will change our conversations.
going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. And I shared part of this passage on into chapter 5 a couple of Sundays ago, but it has a lot to say about what we say. We're going to begin with verse 29 of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, let no corrupt word. Now the NIV just says, no unwholesome talk. No unwholesome talk proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, as we read the rest of this passage and on into chapter 5, I want you to consider it in the context of this verse we just read, that nothing corrupt comes out of our mouth, but only what is good to edify and build up others. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I think it grieves the Lord when we say things that are vulgar, but also when we speak bitter words angry words, when we speak against one another, when we say things that are unkind. And one of the ways that we can honor God in our conversation is to speak the way that he would. To be kind, to be loving, to encourage, to build up. Not tear down. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for sweet-smelling aroma. I just want to say if our words are not loving, we're not loving. We honor God in our words by being loving and merciful. Verse 3, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as is fitting for saints. Obviously, those things are not appropriate for the child of God. Obviously, those things would be a dishonor to God in our life. But get the next verse. Neither. Neither. Filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. I think sometimes that we get deceived into this idea that what the world needs is some really hip, cool Christians. And as long as I don't, you know, as long as I, as long as I maintain, you know, a little bit of decency, you know, it's, it's cool for me to be a little bit coarse. It's cool, you know, it's, it's all right for me to act like I know what's up. Preacher don't know what's up. Listen to him trying to be cool. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll tell you what they need to see is that we honor God and the way we talk 
no matter who's around, that we keep our conversation above reproach where there's not even a shadow of something improper. Sometimes people trying to be funny start heading that direction. That's called cheap humor. Even comedians know that. Cheap and easy humor, being vulgar. I just want you to understand this. There's something much more at stake here than whether or not people think you're funny are cool. And that is, is that we honor the Lord in our conversation. You want to see the fear of the Lord in this land? You want to see revival in this land? Then in your words every day around whoever, you are honoring God. They may not want me around. Oh, they'll want you around when the wheels come off. They'll come looking for you. Because they'll know that you're real, that you've got something When I was a teenager, there were words that we couldn't say in school. There were things that were just not appropriate at all. And now those things are used all the time. And it it just amazes me how far our culture has slid in regard to conversation and what can be said and what's okay to say. But the, the sad thing is, is that much of the church world is just a step or two behind the world in that slide. That, you know, it's almost like this attitude that, well, as long as we're better than the world, we're okay. The world is not our standard. Jesus is our standard. He, our Father says, be ye holy for I am holy. He sets the standard, not what culture, not what Hollywood isn't setting our standard. No, we're going to be above reproach. Listen, anything less than that dishonors the Lord. I even hear preachers sometimes now saying things that just shouldn't be said. And I don't even like to give this example, but they say, they'll say, Good Lord, as an exasperation. I, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. And then, then they'll try to justify and make an excuse to say, well, Lord isn't his name. Listen, throughout our English Bible, where the name Jehovah is, they use the title Lord to replace it. And when you say that, you're talking about him and you know it. And it dishonors him when we speak of him that way. We speak of him with the highest regard and respect. That's what honor is. He deserves that. And I'll tell you, that promotes the fear of the Lord. Colossians 3.8 says, Now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy language out of your mouth. It just dishonors the Lord anytime we speak in a way we wouldn't speak if we really knew he was here. So I want to challenge you to honor the Lord by keeping your conversation above reproach. We need to remember. 
Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The things that we have in our heart, eventually they're coming out of our mouth. And again, our mouth is telling on us. If we got a problem with some of the things that we say, we really got a heart problem. And we need, to, we need to deal with that before the Lord. This attitude in the world where they say, oh, it's just words. It doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. There is power of life and death in the tongue. Your words are so powerful. Listen, you believe in the heart and you confess with the mouth to be saved. Your words are powerful. And listen, the enemy of our soul knows this. And we water down and we weaken our words, the power of our words and our faith when we think it doesn't matter and we just let our mouths run wild. The book of James says that we can start a great fire, do so much harm and damage just by our words. I want to I close with this from the book of James. Well, okay. I'm going to give you this and then one more. In chapter 3, in verse 8, we'll just go to 9 for time's sake. He says, with our tongue, with it, we bless our God and Father, And with it, we curse men who've been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And here's what I want to say to you. That we can't come in here and praise God and then talk bad about people and put people down and say ugly things about people and listen to me even even when it's just you know me and my friend no You might think, well, they're not very much like the Lord, but the scripture said they were made in the similitude of God. And you can't have sweet water and bitter coming out of the same spring. So if we want to honor God, we want to be a blessing, we can't, we can't have it both ways. We need to clean it up. We need to decide, I'm going to honor God in all of my conversation. Even when it's just me and my wife talking, I want to honor God in all my conversation. And here's the last one, Psalm 19:14, one of my favorite verses. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength. And my Redeemer. What a great prayer that is for us tonight. I want you to stand with me.